Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school, you're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Mulan was in an early season, and she's a lesbian. Mulan? She was in love with Sleeping Beauty. No! <laughs> she's she and I'm me. Not me, not a whiny. Yo, 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 yo. God, what is your childhood trauma? I am a cocksucker. Woohoo! Your life's going down the toilet. Eugene, stop the rest! I'm Rose Damu. And I'm Fran Torado. Um, yesterday's pop culture, today's takes. You know the drill. Rose, guess what I watched yesterday? What did you watch? I watched, I'm not going to guess. You're never going to. It's it's actually not really that guessable because I actually felt like the movie was a little forgettable. It was Talk to Me. You thought it was forgettable. I thought it was. Uh, well, okay. The problem, honestly, was the hype. Like, people were really hyping up this movie and it really was just another scary movie. I do. Th- yeah. I think I said that when I talked about it after I, I saw it that people were saying it was like. The best horror movie of the year. It was, like, elevated. It was, like, on the level of Hereditary. And it's not. It's it's, it's not. a really good horror movie. But it's not anything groundbreaking. Yes. I remember you talking about it. I'm sitting here on the Patreon trying to echo and amplify my colleague and say Thank that you. it really was... It was the thing for me... Okay, so obviously the casting was insane. The, like, I thought that the main girl, the final girl, which, you know, she was... Awesome. She was really good. And I loved seeing Miranda Otto getting work. Who is that? She was the mom. She's Eowyn from Lord of the Rings. Oh my God. And she was Aunt Zelda in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Did you ever watch Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Girl, girl, girl. I watched every single episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and never, not once, realized that that was Eowyn. Yeah, girl. Oh, my God, I am no man. I am ah! no man. 
That's I am no mom. Wait, that's fucking wild. She ate in that movie. She was, she was so really, good. really good. She should have had more to do, honestly. I kind of wish that she had to like really like yeah, battle the monster. But I think it was smart that the the parents were these very sort of satellite yeah. figures because that allowed everything to happen the way it happened. Yeah. I mean, it's a very well-made movie, but it's not you know, the past couple years, there's been this whole conversation around elevated horror with, mm-hmm. you know, things like Hereditary and The Witch and that kind of stuff. And this is not that. It's just a really well-made, scary movie. Yeah. I, I mean, it felt elevated in that, like, the script wasn't complete garbage. But it is still pretty silly. Like, they're likening demon possession to, like, junkie culture. Like, they were basically, like, this girl was basically getting addicted to being possessed by demons. Yeah. And, like, they all kind of got this, like... Well, ghosts, not demons. Ghosts, right. Um, And and they think that they, there was this kind of, like, rushy, like, I don't know, it was was interesting. I thought that the whole premise was interesting, and it wasn't something that I had seen before. But it really was not that scary. I thought, I watched it with Dakota last night, because I was just like, I can't watch this alone, but... I totally could have watched it alone and been fine. Yeah, um, it's not. There's it's there's not a lot of jump scares. It's really yeah. more a movie about tension, and obviously, tension is incredibly important in horror movies, As, and um, also very important um, to Kylie Minogue. Who, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> who I did have, give us a single name. Tension. I still haven't listened to the Kylie album in full in like a in a way where I'm paying attention to it. I've I've had it on in the background yeah. doing other things, but I haven't done a close read of it yet. I have listened to it all the way through while working. Yeah. The singles are it. Like, for me, like, I- I'm going to listen again, but, like, uh, Kylie, just from her, la- going off of, like, her last album, like, her stuff can really blend together sometimes. It's kind of a Carly Rae Jepsen where it's like, yeah, like, every song is, like, a bop. Like, this is good. Like, I love this disco. Like, queen. Like, but then you, like, can't really tell, like, the last song from the song before it. Mm, yeah. But, um, I, you know, I'll listen again. Sorry, um, Kylie. Well, on the subject of horror movies, mm-hmm. I saw The Nun 2 last <laughs> week. I've never seen any Nun movie. Well, I watched... Well, there's only two of them, although they exist in the Conjuring universe, so I've never seen any of those movies, like Annabelle or anything. Wait, wait. Um, Con- wait, wait, wait. I actually... Uh, only learning last night that Conjuring, Annabelle, The Nun are all related. Yes, they and all exist in the same cinematic is universe. Is Insidious also in that? Or Maybe? Insidious is something else? It might be. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. Um, but I watched The Nun recently because one of my... TikTok mutuals was talking about it because she's obsessed with nuns and she was and she's like loves horror movies and um and said it was actually good. So I watched it and the first movie is good, even though Tessa Formelia is just such a nothing actress. Um so last week I was actually I was supposed to go on a date. Um oh. for I was supposed to go on a date with this guy who had canceled on me once before and then we made plans to go on a date and then the day of I was like messaging him and didn't hear from him and so I was like okay well I'm just gonna take myself to the movies and like do that um 
Are you kidding me? Did it, he never respond? No, what he happened? did. Like, by the time I, like, as I was sitting down in the theater, he messaged me and told me that there was a crack in his ceiling and oh, water was dripping gr- in. I'm sorry. And, I, like, even if it's true, it's just like. Why didn't you the, say that? This is, the se- this is the second time something like this has happened. So I'm just like, it's not worth it to it's me. It's so, so I'm not just, worth it. I'm just done. But wow, I saw The Nun 2. That guy. Um, I saw The Nun 2, and it was. Bad. <laughs> so bad. It was bad. Um, so the plot of the nun movies is there's this demon who takes the form of a nun because it's like its whole purpose is to be just like incredibly blasphemous. Okay. So and, that's why it, you know, stunts as a nun. And I'm assuming the origin is somewhere along the lines of like it used to be in a convent. Katy Perry started renting the convent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, no. So <laughs> Killed it, it, her original mortal form. Yes. It, well, it was in a convent, and then it takes place in the f- 50s. And in the first movie, because of the bombings during World War II, the like ground was split open in this convent and let this demon out, because it had been sealed in there with the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Um, and Tessa Farmilia is um, a prospective nun. She hasn't taken her vows yet. And she has, um, uh, you know, like, ecstatic visions from God. And so she is sent to the convent and she helps, like, defeat this demon. But it turns out they didn't defeat it. And it attaches itself to this really hot guy who then, sh- in the second movie, is, like, going around to all these churches and, like, killing priests because they're looking for this saint's eyes. Okay, and I'm, I'm almost into that, but it wasn't good. Yeah, and Tessa Formelia and teams up with Storm Reed, who's also a nun. Storm Reed, what's yeah, she doing in this movie? She's very out of place in the movie. That sucks because she's such an amazing actress. Oh, and also um, Susan from um, the Narnia movies is in it. As a oh, teacher at a convent. I fucking love her. I knew who she was immediately because okay. she has such a specific face. Her little, like, porcelain doll face. Yes. Yeah. Um, she looks like a doll. <laughs> she does. And so I, I mean, Tessa Formelia is just not a good actress. Uh-huh. And I, and I did tweet this and I, you know, I hate to like reuse jokes that I've made on Twitter already, but no, I will. For- you, I will forgive her for her acting in the Nun to the absolute second that the Gilded Age t- season two starts, <laughs> and not a moment before. <laughs> um, uh. But yeah, it was not a good movie. But and it wasn't even that scary. But there were some a few good jump scares, mm. um, and. That so that was disappointing, but there's something else I've been watching oh, no. that we need to talk about. As long as it's not the Gilded Age, I'm okay. Well, it's worse. <laughs> no. So for some reason, last weekend, okay. So for anyone who doesn't live in New York, we've had two very rainy weekends in a row. Oh, so yeah. last weekend, it like rained all weekend. I wasn't doing anything. Well, except I went to baby tea brunch. Um, for some reason, I decided to start watching the ABC series Once Upon a Time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is from 2011. Whoa, I thought it was actually 
way for lo- much longer. I I did too. Um, I thought it was <laughs> it definitely like must have been ago. something that came on like while I was in high school. But no, it started in 2011. Wow. I watched, it might as well been have have been from the 90s. Like yeah, I watched the f- the first season when it originally aired, and maybe a little bit of the second season, but I fell off because it's because it's, it's once upon a time <laughs> because it's once upon a time and it's insane. It is so the it's. Like, the writers, I'm, like, worried about them. I'm worried <laughs> about the people who wrote does it. it y- does it jump off of, like, Disney plot points? Like, it yeah, uses so, Disney IP, right, yes, to generate so story. The story of the show is there's this girly who <laughs> is, like, she's a bail bonds person. And this little boy, this little boy um, comes to find her. And he's, like... I'm your son who you gave up 10 years ago, and I live in this town in Maine that is full of fairy tale characters who don't remember who they are. Of course it would be in Maine. And so she goes with him, and what has happened is there's this world where all fairy tale characters exist together, mm. and the evil queen, to get back at Snow White after Snow White like gets woken up by Prince Charming, blah, 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 she casts this curse so that they're all transported to Storybrooke, Maine, and they all forget their lives and think they're just normal people living in this town. So that's the whole Storybrooke. first season. And the girly who was brought back is the daughter of Snow White and Prince Charming, because right before the curse happened, they put her in a magical wardrobe and transported her to... Our world, because when she they there was a prophecy made by Rumpelstiltskin, not a prophecy <laughs> by Rumpelstiltskin, not Rumpelstiltskin, um, that when she grew up she would break the curse, um, and that's what happens at the end of the first season. She breaks the curse; they get their memories back, and then so the first season is like pretty tight, and it's made by the peop- by two of the writers of Lost. So, I don't know if you ever watched Lost, but. Um, they use the convention of Lost, which is, like, half of the episodes are flashbacks, and they, like, tell you, like, a character's backstory. Hey. But it's also sort of, like, Yellow Jackets vibes. Yeah, Yellow Jackets. Um, and so Once Upon a Time does that, so half of every episode is, or, like, three quarters of every episode is, like, what's going on in present day, and then, or maybe, like, two-thirds. And then one-third is a, a certain character's backstory, and you see how... All of the different characters have, like, intertwined and, like, everyone is related to everyone. And I've been (laughs) – I I told Ryan that I was watching this and I've been texting him sort of, like, random out-of-context things like – um, just found out that Peter Pan is Rumpelstiltskin's dad. <laughs> um, or like what? Peter Pan isn't a virgin? That's crazy. N- no, because of like magic and he's time like a fairy travel. Dad. Like he did, they didn't even have sex. They just like had like no, a no, hysterical no, 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 pregnancy. No, he was he had he was a father and he like grew up and then used like dark magic to become young again. What? No. Um, the mental backflips these writers have to do in order to like it's just a reality gymnasium. Yeah, and what else? Um in the third season, the Wicked Witch of the West is one of the main antagonists. So in the past so I started watching this last weekend. Wicked Witch of the And in the past week I have watched three and a half seasons. <gasps> I have been doing nothing else but watching Once Upon a Time. And, like, I'm just keeping it on while I'm doing other things. And I'll tune back in when someone says, like, 
we have to save Belle from rump- from her husband, Rumpelstiltskin. No, 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 no. Oh, Belle, yeah. Belle, Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Rumpelstiltskin is the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. But he wait, also is uh, the crocodile it, from Peter Pan. And he's Peter Pan's dad? He, no, Peter Pan is his dad. Peter Pan is... Wait, so Rumpel's why is Rumpelstiltskin a primary character in this oh, series? Oh, he's because he's like the main antagonist. Him and the he's evil the queen are the main antagonist, but the evil queen, who is sickening, she gets redeemed and like becomes a good person and falls in love with Robin Hood. Um, <laughs> but Rumpelstiltskin kind of goes back and forth because his whole thing at the beginning is like he has to find his son. Is there anybody that? Are there anybody? Is there anybody famous? And Jennifer Goodwin was is like the top build person. Um, she was on Big Love, um, but she's that's kind of the only thing she's she's done since. Okay. Um, uh, Jamie Dornan, who was okay. in Fifty Shades of Grey, was yeah. in the first season as the Huntsman from Snow White. I love that. Um, Joanna Swisher Garcia, who hosted the, yes! the the Queer Ultimatum, is Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Joanna Swisher Garcia, who queen. at one point Queer icon. is like friends with Snow White. So the season I'm watching now, season four. Wait, I've watched four. I've watched four plus seasons now in the past week. Um, Or like, no, I'm not. (laughs) So the season that I'm watching now, it's Frozen. Anna and Elsa are in it. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not Because this is like 2014. So this is like peak Frozen mania. And this was the thing with the show because it was on ABC. So they had access to Disney IP. So they put... Every character in they put Frozen, Frozen. into and, once and upon like a time. it's not even just fairy tale characters like Victor Frankenstein is in it. No, um, King Midas is in it. No, and his daughter is supposed to marry Prince Charming, but he leaves her for Snow White. Okay, who else? Um, Give me more. I'm, I'm <laughs> Ursula was in it, but it was kind of a fake out. Ugh, but then it that. turns out she is in it. The Wicked Witch of the West, as I mentioned. Okay, yeah, big bad. Dorothy was in it, and I have a and I. Saw a spoiler that Dorothy and Little Red Riding Hood have a lesbian relationship at some no. point. I know it's just so insane. What the fuck? It's a fan fiction. This is the the world's most high profile Disney fan fiction. Like, but it's crazy, and they do that's kind of so many. The, the later in I get to it, the more they sort of like wink, wink to the fact that everyone is related and like. It's super ridiculous. Meaning they're all incestuous? Like, they're all fucking No, they're other? not incestuous. It's just, like, the family tree is very convoluted. But um, it's it ran for seven seasons. I'm only going to watch six because the <laughs> seventh season is, like, a reboot, kind of. A reboot? Yeah, we it's like they, they, they like they like start with new characters. No. Like the story of the the that we're following ends at the end of the sixth season from what I've heard. That is so... I I honestly, okay, I don't even know how to process all of this because this is actually literally the first time I've ever heard the plot or, like, conceit of Once Upon a Time described to me in any capacity. I've only ever seen images of this show and understood vaguely that it was, like, widely popular on network TV. But because I don't watch network TV. And it, and because it's network TV, there are 22 episodes. <laughs> no, there's not. Yeah. And are they, in, are they 45 minutes each? Yep. 
holy shit, that's a lot of television rows. Yes. It was a really rainy weekend, but I'm concerned even for you and your mental Well, because I've been watching it, like, while I eat lunch. Right. I've been watching, like, five to six episodes a night. Um, Yikes. That's a lot. That's... I mean, I, it is. No. If I was watching five or six episodes of Once Upon a Time, to, uh, like, you know, at night, I, it would be a very sedating. It would have a very sedating oh, effect it is. on me. <laughs> I, I am full. You don't I'm even like, need Ambien. No just, thoughts, head empty. Ow. And, you know, I can't. It's the kind of show where, like, I am mostly paying attention, but I also can be on my phone mostly, or I can do something else. I mean,. Maybe this is not necessarily my Once Upon a Time, but something that I have watched many, many, many episodes of, despite the fact that it is just simply not good, is Project Runway. Um, there was a new season that aired. Project Runway's great. No, it's not. It's not good. It's not a good show. The judges it used are not to be. Good. And yeah, it used to be. But the judges. Yeah, I would good. never the watch current aren't, Project aren't good. Runway. Yeah, I'm watching current. Current, like I'm watching this year's Project Runway with okay. like Elaine Welteroth and Christian Seriano, who still hasn't like become a good Tim Gunn. Um, he's just bitchy, anyways. But no, that's like similarly like a show that I just like I have on. I'm like kind of paying attention. I'm kind of not. I'll like clean the house while it's on. And um, I mean, I'm mostly paying attention. Oh, I'm girl. I'm like pretty invested. It's a little. That's kind of sick. No, it is sick. But it, but and sick it's of to them. The, that's like they're sick. No, I'm I'm sick too. I'm sick because I chose this. I'm I chose sick. this knowing that the quality is not good. I was trying like, to give you an Like the CGI out, but... is horrible. It's Ugh. like shot, you know, in like can like British Columbia or something, yeah. and like the acting is awful. Like the lead actress is so wooden and like bad and it but i'm enthralled love look i i'm i'm so happy that this is your journey i don't know where it's gonna end are you gonna you're not gonna finish it you said well i'm gonna finish the six what I'm, I'm gonna finish six seasons i'm on season four now so and at the rate i've been going well i have a lot going on this week and i'm gonna be out of town this weekend so i probably won't finish it what are you doing this, this weekend week. Um, I'm going up to Beacon to stay with my cousin and her wife. Oh, cute. That's going to be a very nice little getaway. Yeah, we're going to do, like, lots of autumnal stuff. I was going to just take... I've never been to Beacon. Um, I was going to just take the train, but now I'm thinking maybe about renting a car and driving up. I thought that would be nice, and then maybe I can do some antiquing and be able to bring stuff back with me. So Beacon is the town and Dia Beacon is like the The art art museum, whatever. Can I say something? Sure. Dia Beacon is categorically boring. And I've never gone there and been like, wow, what a great time. (laughs) Like, and, and, and we as New Yorkers try to go up there all the time. Yeah. Like I'm constantly. I've seen like, so many pictures like, of people with that mirrored the James fence. Terrell. Yeah, or the James Terrell. It's like, girl, we've seen this. Like, and then they add new like sculptures or whatever. It all looks the same. It just looks like you know, like 
I don't know, spray painted like junkyard objects like in a, an empty lawn. Like, Dia Beacon is boring. Why are we going there? I would. It's more fun to literally just rent an Airbnb and stay inside, which is part. It's like kind of what you're doing. You're just gonna. Well, yeah, no, I'm staying at, you know, a lovely house. And a lovely house. Um, but you're not going to go to Dia Beacon, hopefully. hopefully um, we'll we be might, because I kind of want to just be outside the whole weekend. And, right. like, the leaves will be starting changing. I right. know, but you won't go I know that it's beautiful up there. Allergic. Oh, wait. So I have an update on that. What? So I recently... You have an update on your apple, on my allergy. apple allergy. I recently ate an apple because oh. I wanted to see, you know, like your body changes and like some people age out of allergies. Rose? I'm, I, I'm still allergic. I'm yeah. still sensitive, oh, but God. I don't think the allergy is quite as bad as it used to be. Okay. And it's like manageable enough that I can eat an apple. So oh. I could go apple picking. What? And I'm considering it. Rose. It's, but you know, it's kind it's not at the point I kind of still only want to eat want to eat an apple under kind of controlled circumstances. Or if it's cooked, right? You can eat cooked yeah, apples. Yeah, you can eat cooked apples. You can have an apple pie. Yes, or applesauce or apple juice or apple cider. Or apple, but, this apple fritter you brought today. But I what I learned is that the darker red an apple is, the less allergens are in it. So I think that's like a little safer. Oh, too bad that red Apples are the worst apples. You think so? Red delicious apples are categorically like the least respected apple uh, among anybody who mm, makes what you, produce. What do you think is the best? Um, I mean, it's really just personal preference. Like people, like there's like zillions of breeds of apples. I once had like a book that was like an apple encyclopedia or whatever. Um, You're such a <clears throat> fucking nerd. I'm such a nerd, but categorically, red delicious are disgusting. They're literally not good for anything other than applesauce. Like mealy, tasteless, like hard to eat. But um, I mean, I love um, like a honeysuckle moment. I love a gala apple. Um, pink lady delicious. I lo- what was that? Pink lady delicious. I love <laughs> I love a pink lady apple. I actually love a pink lady apple. Honeycrisp is kind of a cop-out, but I, I love a Jonah Gold apple. Jonah Do you like Gold's a green really apple? Delish. What? Do you like green apples? Uh, for cooking, I'm not really going to go out of my way to eat a green, a granny Because they're no. more tart. Yeah, and tart apples are much better for, for cooking if mm. you're going to do a pie or something like that. But wait, okay, so let's go apple picking. Actually, like, it's, we need to go very soon because there are, I mean, I don't know what how global warming has affected, like, apple seasons, but, like, there's very, very limited weeks wherein you can go to get certain breeds of apples and good apples, so I'll strategize and, and maybe we'll figure it out. Well, me. I might go this weekend uh, in, in Beacon. Without If me? it's an option. Oh, I want to go to a pumpkin patch. You know what? Okay, okay. This is kind of once upon a time coded in that's like brain rot tv but i am continuing my journey with the morning show okay and you've seen and heard about it on twitter i assume yes. what have you heard what have you seen well i know that someone went to reese witherspoon went to space you know that reese witherspoon goes to space um i know that john ham is in it and is kind of an elon musk character yes unfortunately um that's about as much as I know. Okay. And I have multiple people in my life pressuring me to watch it. You would love it. I'm starting weekly viewings at my house on Wednesdays if you would like to join. It is that level of, like, truly, like, I'm on the edge of my seat waiting and wondering 
what the writers are going to do this week because this show starts out as like a oh it's a show about a morning show and then it's kind of me too and then like Steve Carell is like this like big bad Matt Lauer like me too guy but then the show pivots to being extremely anti-cancel culture and is trying to paint this like nuanced sympathetic portrait of like a kind of maybe predator okay aka Steve Carell anyways um the show, when it started, was trying to be a kind of, like, hyper finger on the pulse, like, talking about pop culture in real time kind of show. So the news they were reporting on was the news of the year that they were writing. Well, right. Didn't they do COVID yes, stuff? Yes, season two of more of the morning show is literally all about COVID. See, I, can, I could never Horrible. watch that. Horrible. I could but never. But the thing is, is that the writing is actually so sorry, egregious, that it is so good. Like, it is one of those shows... It, 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 I feel like you and I, like, we understand the difference between, like, a good bad show and a bad bad show, mm-hmm. okay? And this show has so perfectly rounded around a bad back to good again that makes it so sublimely watchable and things happen in the show that are so shocking. Not on the plot level, but shocking that a writer would write it. Okay. <laughs> and that I scream. I literally, uh, sitting alone watching TV, am screaming at the TV because this is so wild. That sounds I mean, like me watching <clears throat> Once Upon a Time. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, like, one of my favorite things is that, like, in the beginning of the show, like, Reese Witherspoon is, like, I think, like, a brunette redhead, like, a reddish brunette head, like, and she kind of has like a like a more of a brunette southern head. brunette head, and she has like a kind of southern accent. And then by season two, she's just blonde and doesn't drops the accent, and she's just Reese Witherspoon again. Great. And then she pivots to being a lesbian immediately, and she's an, a lesbian with, with Julian Julianna Margulies, right? Yes. And then, so by season three, the most amazing thing about this show is not only in the first episode do they talk about the insurrection, the war in Ukraine. And the pandemic, they talk about the pandemic every scene still. <laughs> no. Not, not every episode, no. Rose. Every single scene, a character somehow finds a way to mention the pandemic as if it's, like, prevalent information or as if, like, if they didn't mention the pandemic, like, we would have been thrown out of reality or something. Right. And you're like, no, like, we really don't need to be reminded that a pandemic happened and happened in the, in the year of the show, because I think it's, like, 2022 in the show. Anyways, Bradley Jackson, a.k.a. Reese Witherspoon, was at the Capitol. <laughs> on January oh, like Lady 6th, Gaga. On January 6th <laughs> with Lady Gaga. She was there on the ground reporting on it. And when she goes to space, which is um, <clears throat> a kind of deal struck with this Elon Musk figure who's trying to buy the network and save them from financial ruin. Right after this happens, the network and, and the show as a whole becomes full sci-fi thriller because they're because the network is being attacked by a cyber terrorist who has who takes over the entire building and is able to like shut off the lights and stop the elevators and like transmit videos to like transmit videos to like the network and like text like text like the employees things like and and like record their every move because like all of a sudden all their phones are bugged and tapped. It's so funny. 
It's such an amazing show to behold. You have to watch it. I, I'm I literally, after this most recent episode, I was like weekly viewings at mine. I cannot watch the show alone. That's actually the other thing about it is like watching it alone feels crazy. I'm like, I can't, I can't believe that I'm experiencing this in a silo. That's sort of how I'm feeling about the new season of American Horror Story. I, I wish I was watching it with people because it's... How do you watch it on Hulu? Yeah. Okay. It comes out Fridays on Hulu. Okay. I guess I'm going to have to watch. It's um, Kim Kardashian will win an Emmy. She's well. the best part of it. Well, of She's course so she is. good. She's playing a character named Siobhan. I know. Well, that's really good. That's a really well-named character. And she says things like... Did you see the clip that was going around on Twitter from the most recent episode? Mm-mm. She's like, so the season is about Emma Roberts, <laughs> noted transphobe. Noted um, transphobe Emma Roberts. Uh, she's this um, a, a, like a former CW actress who just had a role in like I think we're supposed to imagine is like a like an A twenty four sort of hereditary esque movie, mm. and she's getting Oscar buzz for it, mm. and. Also, while she's trying to get pregnant, she has fertility issues. And so it's sort of like Rosemary's Baby vibes. But Kim Kardashian plays her publicist slash friend, Siobhan, who is like ball buster. You know, like her first, like her literal first scene, she's like on the phone with someone. She's like, suck my clit. And she's trying to, like, whip Emma Roberts into shape so that she'll get an Oscar nomination. And in the most recent episode, she's like, you have to, um, like, you have to campaign for this Oscar. Like, do you know how much work has gone into this? Do you know how many blowjobs were given to get you this nomination? I saw that scene. Yeah, Derek's job might never work again. You know, like, the sort of insane dialogue that we have come to know ex- know and expect from American Horror Story paired with, like, the craziest possible person to be speaking it, which is Kim Kardashian. And it's beautiful. I, I, I watched that clip and was, like, kind of stunned by how truly watchable it was. But also, like... Kim Kardashian's not a good actress. Like, she she deliver your face is kind of like kombucha well, girl. You're like, well. Uh, um, no, okay. I, what The thing I'm trying to Google right now is there is this famed Oscar campaigner that the New York Times wrote a profile on, like, years ago. And she looks exactly like Kris Jenner, but she's not. And I want to know who she is. It's just so funny in that clip because she's like, do you think Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to talk about being a Nepo baby? No, but she did it because she wanted an Oscar. She wanted the fucking Oscar. I mean, like, that's really real. I'm just, like, kind of curious about... So can you tell me, actually, without spoiling, like, how the horror has started to be folded in? Yeah, so Emma Roberts um, is trying to get pregnant. She's having fertility issues. And so she goes to this fertility center to um, have an embryo implanted and things, weird things are happening. She like thinks she's being stalked. Someone breaks into her apartment 
it's very like Rosemary's Baby vibes. Like she she thinks weird stuff is happening, and everyone around her is telling her it's not and gaslighting her. Um, so that's where the horror is coming in. And there's like some body horror stuff, but there hasn't been that much of it yet. It hasn't been that spooky. I mean, it's been spooky, but not scary. Okay. Um, and I I think there are only maybe. Two episodes left because this is what? Well, this is part oh, one of the season because, because of the strike. The, the girl, the strike. Right. They um, That's, but hopefully uh, they'll be able to resume production soon. Um, yeah, I'm excited to watch. It seems like in comparison to all the other American horror stories, well, I shouldn't say that because I haven't watched the most recent ones. But if it's like kind of light horror, I'm like interested to see what a more understated or maybe reserved. It's version. not understated. It's not at all. It's like, not at all. all. Um, um, also, I it finally is, it just is kind of crazy that they're doing this pregnancy storyline when there have been so many pregnancy storylines right. in American Horror Story. Like last week, when I watched the first episode of the new season, I then went back and watched the pilot of the first season, Murder House. Mm. And literally in that episode, Connie Britton gets pregnant. Like, they have done some kind of pregnancy thing yeah. pretty much every, every season. season yeah. In America, in in Murder House, I'm pretty sure in Asylum, in Coven, Sarah Paulson's trying to get pregnant, in um, Hotel, Gog, like, Gaga is collecting babies. There's always some kind of, like, hysterical well, pregnancy or magical being pregnancy. Pregnant is horrific. Yes. It is body horror. Yeah. Um, but this is, like, very, like, directly, obviously, an homage to Rosemary's Baby. It's also the first American Horror Story season that's based on existing IP. It was adapted from a novel that I think maybe... Hasn't even been released yet. You know, the girls have been asking for an American Horror Story episode. I think I we should like do it. We should do a Patreon one. I also feel like I've never seen Rosemary's Baby. <gasps> never. Oh and my that's God. one of your favorites. It's one of my favorite scary movies. I will never forget watching it for the first time. I actually wet the bed that night <gasps> in my grandparents' house on Long Island. Oh my God. Yeah. I wet the bed that night I in wet my the grandparents' house I was on Long Island. far too young to watch it. <gasps> but that's how I consumed a lot of media as a oh child. I'm so being s- too young. Being too young. Um, I by the way, I've, just for the curiosity of the virgins, I found this woman. Her name is Peggy Siegel. She looks exactly like Chris Jenner. Look at this. Isn't that jarring? She's a famed. She, Oscar. she could be Chris Jenner's um, Madame Tussauds her, wax. Yes. Wax statue. <laughs> her her whole job is like running like Oscar campaigns. Like I mean, she, the people who do that are like the evilest. Oh yeah, most jaded. Most powerful, most efficient, powerful people in in the entertainment, hardest industry. workers. Like they know com- where the bodies are buried because they buried them. Completely unstoppable. Do not try and cross an Oscar PR girl. Like absolutely, they will eat you alive. I would never in my life challenge someone who works in awards in, in an awards organization. Mm-mm. No, scary. Definitely not. Um. Just to, like, cap this, like, little culture catch-up, something else that I did watch recently was Dicks the Musical by Josh Sharp and Aaron Jackson. I'm sure you've already seen. Like, all of our friends are posting yeah. up this movie. Um, or are in it. 
Uh, or are in it. Yeah, Bowen's in it. Um, our good friend Megan Mullally is in it. <laughs> our good Judy Megan. Fr- friend of the pod, Megan Mullally and Nathan Lane are in it. Um, they are amazing, amazing. This movie, I literally... So I watched it in a screening with Josh and Aaron. And it was such a bizarre experience because I just... From the opening scene through the entire movie all the way until the end, I just kept asking myself... How did this movie get made? Like, how? Like, it is such a baffling, baffling, disgusting, like, knowingly, like, like, wild, gross roller coaster of a film that is so kind of, like, faggoty and also so, like, um, polarizing for the sake of being polarizing. I was like, how did they, how did this get made? Is kind of like one of those. But like different from Bottoms, which is kind of like another movie where it's like, it goes off the rails and you're like, oh my God, how did this movie get made? Um, But I think that something, I want to know like kind of what your relationship is to films like this one, which I would say, first of all, I would recommend Dixon Musical to anybody who wants to go see it and anybody that is like ready to um, be completely shocked by whatever it is that they see or watch. But it, to me, it's in the category of like Barb and Star, Dumb and Dumber. It's like Cheech and Chong. Did you ever watch like those movies? It's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like faggot white chicks. Did you ever watch white chicks? Yeah, which I like, but those are not like my preferred either. type of movie at all like, like a screwball comedy is that that's what it is a screwball comedy so i actually kind of like i was on board for barb and star just because it's like women <laughs> yeah i don't think barb and star is as good as like gay people on twitter think it is but it's still pretty good i also don't i think i the movie much like these other mo- films are like kind of hard to follow and the, and dicks the musical is another one where it's just like things just kind of happen and you're like work okay let's do this like i can't believe i'm watching this what megan Mullally does is so beyond funny in this film. Like, it's worth it to watch it just for her. But it's also amazing to watch Josh and Aaron, like, get their moment when they've been, like, comedic voices behind, like, so many other films and projects. They're, like, the comedians' comedians. Like, they're in community with so many of our friends. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to see what they make next if this is, like, the most... This is, like, the most wackadoodle, like, debut movie they could possibly make. Um, Very also, exciting. Like, how did they get Megan Thee Stallion in this movie? I'm so like, I'm so she is such a real one for doing it, um, and she seemed to have tons of fun. I loved. Great, great. Well, I guess that's where we're gonna wrap up this culture chit chat. Right. See you next week. Me. And now a clip from our Patreon. Become a patron at patreon.com slash likeavirgin for weekly bonus episodes and more. Mwah. Today, what we just decided we were going to talk about is autumn. Autumn. Ever fall, heard of it? Fall. Fall into my ass. <laughs> um, fall is... I know I'm gonna... I'm right gonna now I'm, we're giving like... <laughs> Like fifth grader who like working on a book or like giving yeah, a presentation yeah. on a book report but didn't read the book. No, so okay. fall is interesting. No, fall is my favorite season. Fall is, is my it favorite your favorite season? season. Totally my favorite. I season. I think you're more of a summer girl. I'm a summer girl. Yeah, I'd say it is yeah. summer. You're a summer season. girl by high 
Summer Girl by Haim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love fall. Yeah. I love everything about it. I don't want to sound like... Satanist Girl Autumn. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Blasphemous Girl Autumn. Um, I I think especially as someone who grew up in a place that doesn't have seasons, Mm -hmm. I... What I like more than anything is the noticeable changing of the seasons, and mm-hmm. that's why I love fall, because it's so mm-hmm. transitional. Mm-hmm. In an effort to veer us away from a conversation <laughs> where we discuss the weather. Well, <laughs> no, but, that, but that's not the thing that I love the most about fall. Right, like, right. The things that I love about fall are um, the, <laughs> the, the rituals of it. <laughs> what? <laughs> You were the one who suggested this episode topic, okay? (laughs) Let me, I'm not being helpful. You dumb bitch. I'm not being helpful. Let me, let me just start with this. What is a visceral memory of autumn you have as a child? Whether it's something you do with candy apples, the first time you saw fall leaves, um, a first autumn in New York, maybe a, 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 a poignant memory about you're like I'm in New York and it's autumn. I'm experiencing autumn in New York, a la Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong kind of moment. Do you have something where it's like, oh, like I'm fully in a Meg Ryan movie right now? Yeah, um, being a kid and being in Central Park. Mm, same um, because we we always used to come up here this time of year to visit my grandparents and my other family on Long Island and. That would, and we would always come into the city. And I actually, I do have a very, very specific memory of my um, my uncle Ira and his wife um, coming in to visit them when they lived here. And, um, like, going to Central Park, going to some, like, place to get pancakes, and just being totally gagged by... New York in fall. The first time you go to New York, you feel like you're in a movie. Sorry. Period. Hate to be corny about it, but like I just I also my in on my first visit to New York, I definitely went to Central Park. And I remember the feeling of being in that park and and explicit- climbing one of those huge rocks. Climbing on the huge rocks, but also Rose going to see the Balto statue. I made pilgrimage. <laughs> To go and see it because I knew it was there, but it's like you kind of have to like get go on a map and like find it. Mm. I'm more into the Alice in Wonderland statue. Okay, myself. That's I love that, but you know if I haven't already said it on the record, Balto is hot. Balto is hot. He has Kevin Bacon's voice. This is something that <laughs> queer and trans people know to be true. Uh huh. Were you ever? Sexually attracted to Balto? No. Okay. I mean, I've been sexually attracted cool, to other... Cool, so you're other... better than all no, of us, No, I've been I guess. sexually other attracted to other animated animal characters. Okay, let's let's follow that. <laughs> okay. Wait, 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 which ones? Well, okay, I mean, obviously the tiger from Zootopia. A hundred But, like, that is definitely a, a humanoid, like an anthropomorphized yes, it's giving kind of tiger. Furry, like, making furries, like, it's helping furries discover themselves as kids. Um... I think Tony the Tiger. Tony the Tiger. Duh. Tony the Tiger could get it. Destroy me. (laughs) Yeah, a hundred percent. Older Simba, middle transition Simba. 
Um, yeah. Like a- and Muf- and Mufasa. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right after John and Nala. Oh my god, I just saw an amazing meme about the look that Nala gives Simba after <laughs> he, like, tumbles on top of her when they're wrestling in the grass. And she looks at him like, you trying to fuck? I mean, do you remember that scene? No. Oh my god, the sexual was, tension between the these Lion lions King, was crazy. The Lion King's not really my... I don't, I don't. That's not my favorite Disney movie. Then you, I was firmly in the princess camp. Okay. So the Lion King really didn't do it for Were me. Were there any other animated dogs or, or tigers or lions that you found attractive? Robin Hood, perhaps, and the Disney's Robin Hood was mm, was is another one that a no, lot of people think. Although is hot. I did love that movie. Love um, that movie. When I was a kid. So I haven't seen Robin it in Hood a long time. Hot. You're so weird. Um yeah, I didn't think about him like that. Um, what other I didn't animated... think about him like that. Oh, once again <laughs> with this like moral purity. Okay. What other animated animals have I been attracted to? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just curious. I think. It's what like, about you? Well, I've already named like. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Robin was definitely one of them. Um. Tony the Tiger is definitely kind of in that category. Um. I think a lot, this isn't for me, but there are many, many queer people that will understand when I name that Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron was hot. Not to me, but to others, to many in our community. Spirit was a hot horse. A sexy (laughs) Um, horse. I'm a horse girl, but not like I want to fuck the horses. Yeah, unless it's like the horse from Daniel Radcliffe's Equus. (laughs) Well, he doesn't. We've had this argument before. He, he doesn't fuck the by, horses. He gets he right. He doesn't fuck the, horse, the horses. He gets fucked he by the horses. He blinds the horses. He blinds horses. He does yes, not have after, sex with the horses after he bottoms for them. No, he has sex in the stable, and he feels bad that the horses witnessed it, so he blinds them all. Right. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.